Hi, I'm Tyler Yules. Welcome to How the Grades Do It. Welcome, welcome. We are back again with another episode of How the Grades Do It. Super excited. We have Bill Malik from Phenom, head of sales there, and I'm excited to have a conversation around uh, what he's doing there. Bill, appreciate you jumping on with us. Yeah, Tyler, I, I appreciate you having me. We'll we'll talk a little bit about my my title change in a little bit. Uh, yeah, I, I have been a head of sales for the majority of my career, but recently made a change. Uh, so when we get to that, we'll we'll jump into. It. But thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely, man. Well, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about you know how you got to where you are now and and what you're up to now at Phenom. Yeah, sure, sure. I'll 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 kind of give you a a, a shortened version because I get a few years under my belt. But I, yeah. I came out of school. Um, Probably about, and I'm from New York, by the way. Uh, you know, my my first jobs were in Manhattan, um, growing up there, or growing up in New Jersey, close to Manhattan. And uh, I started um, as an agency recruiter, uh, so ran out what they what they called back then a, a full desk. Uh, I, I um, uh, my, my vertical that I called into, if you will, was back office support, so executive assistant, so on and so forth. Um, I started about eight eight. Uh, probably about seven months before the towers fell uh, in Manhattan. So kind of a, a, a dark, weird time to be yeah. uh, an agency recruiter just because there there weren't many people looking for work uh, in Manhattan for a prolonged <laughs> period of time. But it, it did kind of set that foundation of my grit and my grind because you had to work a little bit harder to to come out on, on top. Um, and, and that job, uh, you know, opened a door uh, with CareerBuilder.com. And, and, and at that time, in 2003, CareerBuilder.com was – uh, just went through an acquisition of hithunter.net, uh, probably about <clears throat> 240 employees. Uh, I was employed at 241, 42, around there. Uh, I started as a, a, a sales rep, was very successful in the New York office, moved to Chicago for my first leadership job in 2005 and stayed there till 2010. Uh, great run. Uh, ended up as a VP of sales there and scaled the business from five to 50 million in a five-year span. And, and that's kind of been my my trajectory, uh, sales leadership. From there, I went. I worked for a, a startup called Bounty Jobs for about a, a year and a half, scaled a portion of their business, uh, was a uh, AVP uh, at Success Factors, <clears throat> excuse me, SAP, right before that acquisition happened uh, in 2011-ish, 2012. Uh, and then Salesforce for a short period of time, uh, Lumess, which is a uh, an ATS based out of Luton, um, and then I, I actually uh, cut my teeth on some restaurant tech for a few years as a leader there as well, which has brought me to today uh, with Phenom. Phenom is a um, what we call an intelligent hiring experience platform that uh, is essentially run on uh, AI machine learning. So uh, career, what am I, 45, 46 in October right now? I mean, you know, 20, 23, 24 odd years. I've been in this uh, for a while. Yeah. It, it sounds like it. And so tell it, talk to us about what you've been up to at, at Phenom. I know that y'all have gone through some recent changes. You, yeah. You can, you can drink water real quick and I can ask. No, no, you no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> so, so what do you, what do you yeah. end up to at Phenom or like help us understand, you know, how, how things have transitioned for you? Yeah, no, I, uh, great question. Cause there's been a lot of change. I, I've been with the organization uh, in September. So in January, it'll be three years. And uh, I've known uh, it, one of the founders here <clears throat> at Phenom for a, a, a period of time. He and I worked at Career Builder together as leaders. He was in Philly. I was, as I told you, in New York and then Chicago. We, we've, we've, we're close. 
Um, and <clears throat> he brought me on uh, to initially take over his job, which was leading the strategic um, uh, sales team because he was getting promoted into ultimately a CRO as an SVP right now, but more or less the same thing here at, at Fina. So I, I came on, um, you know, it, it, during that time, I, I had moved from Chicago to San Diego. Uh, so he's like, hey, Bill, you, you know, uh, from a from a, a geo perspective, it may not work with with the time zone differences with where most of the yeah. strategic teams on the East Coast. But I want you to open or build and scale uh, a new team out in the West. It's a it's a territory that we haven't had much success with. So um, moved to San Diego, which is where I'm at right now, uh, started building that team got up to about six reps. Uh, and, you know, this was kind of the hangover from COVID. But about a year ago. Most tech companies uh, were laying off. Uh, most tech companies overhired during COVID uh, and had to kind of scale back, specifically overhiring. But the, the economic outcome at that time, I'd say about a year ago, and, and even now, was still kind of doom and gloom. Yeah. So we kind of hedged our bet and said, hey, we, we need to break up some teams here. And unfortunately, my team uh, was one of the teams that got dismantled. And, um, you know, I had a choice. Uh they said, hey, Bill, we love you. We, we know you could sell. We know we want you to be a leader in the future here, in the very near future. But in the meantime, you know, you either go back into an individual contributor role or, you know, you, you, we're going to have to part ways. Said a little bit differently than that, but you get the gist. Yeah. So I was kind of at a crossroads, man. Like <clears throat> I've I've told myself uh, for the last 23, 24 years of my career, well, let's say 20, really. I mean, I've been in leadership and... <clears throat> I have not carried a bag in a very, very long time. And and leading a team is very different than than being an individual uh, or a direct contributor. Absolutely. So I, I had a, you know, I was at that crossroads. Do I want to stay with a, a company uh, that is literally on the edge of innovation, is first to market with this AI machine learning for, for intelligent hiring, work with a bunch of people that I love and respect, or humbly, right, take a step back, um, or no, or humbly takes take a step back and work with the people that I love or say, hey, you know what? I, I don't want to go back into sales. I'm going to stay in leadership. And I, I chose the I chose the former. Um, you know, I, I knew, I know I can sell. Um, I know that I wanted to stay with Phenom. But I'll be honest with you, man. I, 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 I haven't sold as a direct contributor for a very long time. So they're, they're, my, my, I wouldn't say my hubris, but there was some ego involved. I, I suppressed that down quickly, but then I was left with the job. And believe it or not, there was a pretty good learning curve for for for, a, for an old guy who's been in leadership for a long time getting back <laughs> getting back into sales. So that's where I'm at right now. Long long answer to your question, but hopefully that gives you some insight. No, it definitely does, right? And I think you know that transition back to it's um it's almost like you know you go from driving a 2000 a toyota camry to driving a 2023 20, toyota camry it's difficult to take a step back back to that 2000 toyota camry right like right. and so right. how, i'd love to hear a little about how that journey has gone thus far because yeah. i know it has not been an easy transition or i can imagine i i can imagine right like it's not an easy transition to go back to that it, it wasn't, um, you know, and I, I, I know you and I talked a little bit about this, uh, you know, uh, off the cuff here before the call, but, <clears throat> you know, I, I'm, I've been, uh, I've been part of uh, the decision-making team here on what technology to bring on board. 
Um, a lot of which is technology that individual contributors use. Outreach is one of them, right? Yeah. So, you know, my, my out, my, upon my outreach and, and my ability to go and get people on the phone is good, but never use certain pieces of technology here to go and do that. So it's very easy. The learning curve wasn't that, that steep, but uh, it took some time to learn that. Um, forecasting and, uh, you know, uh, if making sure that I'm telling leaders where my business is and where I foresee it going has been an easy transition because it's something that I was, I was very uh, uh, passionate about when I was a leader. But uh, I think the day to day, right. You know, when you're a leader, you're generally in back to back all day, every day, especially if you have a team six or seven, whether it's coaching, yeah. selling, whether it's operational, um, you're, you're packed uh, as an individual contributor, not so much, right. You, you're eating. <laughs> your bills. So man, there were very, very large gaps in my, um, in my calendar and still are sometimes, right. Because I have a, 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 a an account list of 250 accounts. Uh, our goals are 10 meetings per week, even with 10 meetings per week, you still have a lot of empty time. So getting back to the, the discipline and the willpower to, to get up, perform outreach, uh, and get into that rhythm, a structured rhythm. Yeah. I would say that's that's probably been the most difficult for me. It took me about ninety days to get my groove down, but now it's a well-oiled machine. Um, yeah, I will. I will see the the, the lastly here, and, and there's a bunch of other things that have been challenging, but I I, I want to bring this up because I think it's important uh, to anyone who listens to this. And and there are plenty of of leaders out there who, um, you know, maybe in a, a situation that I'm in. Uh, my the way I approach my work life today is very different uh, than when I approached it in my twenties. Um, it was a, a a rat race to get that title. Uh, it was a rat <laughs> race to, to to land at a a company that's pre IPO or it's going to get bought. Um, you know, at times it it was a selfish endeavor. Endeavor. Um, yeah. And as a leader, right? That's selflessness needs to be the character trait that that, that is portrayed most of the time, not selfishness. <laughs> And now that I've taken this role, I, I look back uh, at my train of thought uh, and what was important to me. And I think this happens with maturity with anybody, but I'm so happy I made the transition. Um, my ego is no longer there. Um, what I've learned over the last year has been incredible. I do want to get back into leadership, but I can tell you this right now, getting back into an individual contributor is going to make me a hell of a lot of a better leader moving forward. Right. Yeah, I can absolutely agree with you. And when when you first told me this, right, when we met, I said, man, this it's only going to make you a better leader later on, um, because, right, you're going to definitely be able to relate better to the people that are working under you and are shooting for those goals. Because you're like, hey, six months ago, I was in that seat. That's right. I was the one making those calls. I was the one doing the discovery meetings. Right. And so. Um, not often do you have a leader that can then talk back to personal experience and say, yo, I was in that spot, right? Like you're exactly um, right. And there's, there's a, there's another benefit that goes along with that. I, I work for uh, a man by the name of Ben Williams, who's just a great guy, super sharp, knows the business, was a trip winner before becoming a leader here, was an individual contributor. And the amount of um, uh, respect uh, and, uh, you know, the, the, the amount of people that listen to when he talks is significant. Uh, he's generated a lot of credibility because he is a past winner. And I, uh, luckily was a trip winner last year as an individual contributor. So I went from, you know, 
leading this new obscure team to becoming an individual contributor. My first year, which has never been done in the company's existence, I, I made trip as an IC. So, so that's right. That helped my resume. That helped my confidence. And I know if I get, or once I get back into leadership here, I'm going to be in that driver's seat like Ben, where people say, Hey, this guy knows how to do it. He's done it. Let me just shut up and listen. Right. Yeah. I'd love to hear like, if there's been any turning points or challenges that have shaped the, the, the approach that you had to sales, maybe previously as a leader compared to the, the 90 days later, right? Like as you're back into that contrib that, that contributor role, like did what change or did the approach change? I, I, I would say a lot changed. The approach definitely changed. Um, you know, it, it, and this is with any new job It's well, maybe not so much. I mean, if you're an IC going into another, to another company, uh, for an IC job, yeah, there's going to be some nuance and differences, but for the most part, your day to day is it's it's still pretty much there because you've been in yeah. sales. You, you know, I, I did feel like I was incredibly unorganized, like I was a chicken with my head cut off in that first month, month and a half, and yeah, you know, I was being very reactive and not proactive. So, what does that mean? Um, I mean, you know what that means. I'm reacting to emails and slacks. I'm not cutting out or carving out time in the day to to what we call blueprint, right, or or canvas, whatever you want to call it, prospect. Mm -hmm. Uh, I wasn't blocking out blocks to dial. I was just doing it when I felt like, right? Um, all of those sales 101 things that I've been teaching reps for the for, for 20 years, <laughs> my own advice. So I, I, I had this epiphany and I'm like, man, why don't you just do all the things that you used to do and that you've been coaching people to do? And yeah. once I made that shift and I started hearing my own annoying voice in my head, um, that's when my pipeline started to significantly grow. That's when the rhythm came and my cadence came. And that's ultimately when my confidence started to be where I need to be. And, and I will tell you this, man, I don't care if you've been a VP for a hundred years or three years, going back to doing something that you're not used to doing. Yes. You go in confident, uh, but those first few weeks will humble you real quick. Um, <laughs> which is what happened with me for sure. Yeah. And you know, I think you have different a different perspective now. Like, are there three? What are the three things that you would tell every rep to do now on a daily basis? Right. Oof. Great, great question. I mean, your job, and and this may be so obvious, um, but you would be amazed on on how many AE sales directors, whatever you want to call them, don't realize that their number one job, no matter how you slice it, is to talk to as many prospects a day or contact as many prospects a day as yeah. you can in, 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 in good, uh, in good taste. Right. I mean, you're, you're mm -hmm. not throwing the walls and let it stick. So that's my, that's my first piece of advice. Yeah. We know you have five presentations that you have to build. We know that, um, you know, you, 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 you maybe have a half day today, right? I, I don't know, but if yeah. you are not putting some type of cadence or building some type of outreach, um, uh, uh, thing to do for that day, you're doing yourself a disservice. You have a personal brand and a business brand that needs to be built within that geography. And if you're not doing it quicker than the competition, you're going to lose. So that's probably number one. Um, number two, don't assume. And I, I know that's another cliche thing, but I can't tell you how many deals, especially in this type of sale, which is HR tech, that we get burned if you assume that the info security questionnaire is done because they, the customer told you. <laughs> or... You, you assume that they're going to have executive alignment next week and promise you, right? So my point is inspect what you expect. I don't care if it's the simplest thing that is sales 101 that you and the client know. Don't assume anything because you, you will get burned. 
Um, and then three, listen, man, this is where a lot of AEs fail. They intellectual intellectualize the job. Um, and they, and we know that a lot of sales folks lead with hubris and ego. Um, sometimes they don't want to put in the work and I can, I can count on one hand, the amount of incredibly smart intellectual people make trip, right? The guys that usually make trip and the women that usually make trip, they're smart, but they're not intellectualizing the job. They're just putting in the work. Yeah. Right. So if you outwork and outpace or out whatever you need to do to, to hit your goal. And some people, for me, it may be less because I've been doing it longer than someone's green. But you have to figure what that out is and then execute on it. So just work work as hard as you possibly can, if not harder than the next guy next to you. And, and have you found any techniques out there that just like, you know, you always hear about giving 100% or 110%, right? But I think that's difficult to do day in and day out. So if you found as an individual computer, like, what ways do, are you able to do that and then can give consistent effort like that day in and day out? Yeah, it's, it's hard, right? I mean, you, you know, and, and you got to keep it green. And, and what I mean when I say that is I, and, and you know this, you're in sales. Like if you are not having fun with what you're doing, if you're not mixing up your messaging or mixing up your cadence on a daily basis, yeah, you are rinsing and repeating, rinsing, and repeating every day. And there's nothing worse than rinsing, and repeating the same thing every day and not getting the same results. So I gamify it for myself, right? There you go. Um, first, first and foremost, uh, the structure, right? I need my calendar set up, blocked out per hour with what I'm going to accomplish for that day, for that week. Um, within those blocks, I challenge somebody on my team to see, for example, uh, I have a call blitz next, uh, actually this Tuesday and this Wednesday. Yeah. Um, and it's just with our team. I didn't set this up, but I'm going to kind of give you an understanding of what's going on. We have these side hustles and side bets uh, that, hey, I, I guarantee you I get a, a VP of a TA today. That's a VP of talent. That's two points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So stuff like that. But listen, we're in sales for a reason. We, we love the chase. We love money. And we love to win. And for me, I mean, those are my three drivers, right? Um, I'm making sure that I'm playing to the things that I get excited about. And winning is number one of them. Uh, number two is the cadence and the structure of my week. Uh, I think the other thing is... I review um, every Friday morning. My Fridays are generally light. I'm not doing much outreach unless I have to. They're either meetings or setting up for the next week. I review all of that data. We use technology um, that helps us do that outside of Salesforce. Uh, Clary is one of them. Um, and Octus, those are two um, point solutions that we use for, for um, forecasting and basically review of performance. Mm-hmm. I look at it every week and I grade myself. I'm able to grade myself in Octus. It goes to my leader. We discuss what I did right, what I did wrong. Ben is my boss. He gives me suggestions on how to tweak things. I take that into consideration. I execute, rinse, and repeat. As long as I'm saying the same thing, I'm not saying yeah. the same thing the time. I'm, I'm, I'm selling, but I'm, I'm selling differently at least every other week to, to keep my sanity. Um, <laughs> and then the other thing is mental health is incredibly important, man. Uh, it is something that I have not focused on in my 20s, uh, really not in my 30s. But if I have a heavy day of outreach, I know I get tired. I know my messaging becomes um, weak towards the back yep. end, towards the middle. Mm-hmm. So I'll either meditate for a half hour in between my tasks 
or I go out. I live in San Diego. It's sunny all the time. So I'm funny, vitamin D for 20 minutes walking my dog coming back in. You'll be amazed on the amount of energy um, just that little break will give you to, and to kind of put a cap on that day so you don't you don't burn out. Yeah, no, I love that. I think you're spot on there, right? Like for me, I, I, um, I go out and, um, hang out with my chickens. Um, they're, they're, they're my, my out of the, out of the, um, house activity, but yeah, you have to have a thing to disconnect. And I think that's so important as you think about, um, those daily activities and like the consistency that you need, right? You have to have a find find a way to disconnect and you have to find a way to give it a hundred percent every day. Like, I'd love to understand, does the approach change ever, though, when you're di- talking with different clients or maybe they're in a little bit of a different industry? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. For sure. So we we focus, there's three main, uh, we've, we've quasi-verticalized here. We have an enterprise team, um, which is basically everything excluding healthcare and high volume, which is uh, retail, hospitality, and, and trucking. Um, and then we have the healthcare group. So I focus on retail, hospitality, and trucking. Now, yeah. trucking's logistics, it's high volume, but the talk track and how you talk to those types of folks is very different than how you talk to a Walmart, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so are the challenges, right? So yeah, I mean, part of my job uh, as a an expert in those three verticals is to make sure whatever messaging or cold calling I'm doing, that I have <clears throat> three things set up no matter what. So this is how I change my approach, right? I need to understand what their financial goals are from this year. And if they're a publicly held company, I can get that. Yep. Uh, if not, I could do some rough math based on the amount of locations that they have and the average amount of revenue that they're bringing in per day or per year. I generally just add a 5% premium on that. And I, I go to market with that talk track. Even there if it's go. wrong, CHROs are very impressed that I at least put in a little bit of the work. Yeah. Um, and then I, I mean... There's two things that retail, or, well, yeah, retail, uh, hospitality, and trucking care about. They don't care about getting the best candidate. They care about getting the best candidate before anyone else does. There so you go. how can you shrink time? How can Phenom shrink time? And my job is to deliver those ROI uh, or success stories, lookalikes that we've done for their competition or people that do what they do. So yeah, the answer is yes, absolutely. I'm, I have to pivot. Uh, my messaging, no matter who I talk to. Um, and all of that needs to be on the fly, right? So it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of learning. Yeah. A lot of- and it, it's something I want to call out that you did, right? Like understanding the people that you work with day in and day out is so important. And I think so many companies or salespeople don't truly understand their persona. And I can tell that you do um, because, right? Like, to understand, hey, this is what's important to this industry, and this is what's important to this industry and this right. type of person, right? Like, <clears throat> I think that's the number one thing that's missed by new salespeople and even experienced ones that get somewhat lazy. Um, so I love to hear that you're focused on the persona and how you're going to best affect them. T- tell us a little bit about the tool set that you're using currently. Like, how has that been helpful for you? And, um, you know, how are y'all using LinkedIn to like further educate customers? Because like you said, right, you all are first to market in this space. Yeah, it's a great question. And, and LinkedIn is definitely uh, a part of the tech stack uh, that we use. I mean, for me personally, I mean, it's, it's prospecting and, and, and blueprinting, right? So yeah. um, we use that. Uh, we have licenses for, for recruiters as well. Quite frankly, I, I don't 
really log into the recruiter side of things as much as I do into regular LinkedIn. I feel like the UI is a little bit easier. Maybe because, again, I've been in leadership and haven't had to use the other one uh, as yeah. much. <laughs> to, the, to the consumer-facing one uh, or the, the candidate-facing uh, instance. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, I have five windows open right now. Uh, and, and, you know, LinkedIn's open in, in at least two or three of them. Um, so constantly using it to communicate, to blueprint, uh, to find out information, and really to, to, to promote my brand, right? I mean, yeah. the more people that you get connected, the more they're going to see on your feed. So uh, I'm using that to its fullest. Um, we, have a, we have a fairly significant tech stack here. Uh, I'll stay in kind of the, the, the realm of prospecting and, and blueprinting. Zoom info is something that we are pretty passionate about just because the org chart uh, gives us an understanding of who's who. It's got a lot of really good cell phone numbers and direct dials too. And yep. that API that it has with, with, with Workday is great, right? That plug-in. So you can just add data right into Workday with a click of a button. Uh, outreach, we, we kind of talked a little bit about that in the beginning. Outreach is a great tool uh, and really shrinks time for us as, as ITs, right? I mean, I can send out, a you know, a 100 emails within 30 seconds after I create a sequence and then follow up within a, a phone call the day of. So um, that is something that we've invested heavily into. Um you know, as far as strategy and operational stuff, uh, Salesforce obviously is kind of the, the king. Uh, and yeah. Salesforce done a great job of becoming sticky, even though I would argue, and I know Slack is Slack and Salesforce are coming out with a new product very, very soon, which you'll probably see out market. But Salesforce sucks. I mean, <laughs> I'll, I'll be blunt. I mean, it's, it's a great tool for some things, but when it comes to forecasting, um, you know, when it comes to, um, uh, you know, UI, uh, UX, it's not the best. So we've yeah. actually purchased two extensions of Salesforce, two different companies, one called Clary. Uh, Clary basically is Salesforce, but gives you uh, a cleaner version of what your pipeline and what your forecast is going to be. Right. You do that in Salesforce, but it's not the most user-friendly. Um, Octus. Octus is actually a guy on our board um, by the name of Troy, great guy, uh, who's actually one of the executives at um, Connexa, uh, owned that company, sold it to, was it Oracle? Um, one of the big three. But he's on our board, and he, he started a company called Octus. Octus is basically, and you may be too young for this, but back in the day when we would uh, strategize for, for, for accounts, and we'd have account reviews, we'd have these pink sheets that we'd have to fill out and then present to, uh, you know, the, the team. Uh, nothing was really digital at that time outside of the email, Salesforce, and a few other things. Right. Octus basically gives you a blueprint on things you need to, uh, to do in order to close that deal, and it gives you a range from 1% to 100%. Um, our range, when we know we're going to close a deal, we need 71% of the things filled out in that Octus sheet or more. If not, we never close a deal. So we know... Just by looking at that sheet, which is digital, yeah. whether we're going to close a deal or not, and, and, and whatever's missing, we need to go get, whether it's executive alignment, intro to procurement, um, info security uh, conversation, right? So that's been a, a huge tool uh, for the organization. And then, you know, we got things like uh, Chili Pepper. Uh, Chili Pepper is uh, mostly an SMB tool, but it kind of self-schedules for you. Yeah. Uh, we use High Spot. Quota path. I'm reading down the line here. Similar web, namely, I mean, 
Miro, our, our tech stack's fairly large. Yeah, um, it sounds like it. Yeah, yeah. But without it, we can't do our job. So I'm, I'm just hoping one day they do what Phenom does and get it to a platform where they where you can do all of this stuff uh, and not have to connect and integrate with, with point solutions. Maybe someday. Yeah. I'd love to kind of transition um, the conversation to maybe somewhat of a leadership, bro. Like, how do you think that this time that you're spending now as, as an ind- individual contributor, like, is going to make you a better manager? Oh, wow. Where do I start, right? I think, um, and, and by no means when I say this, I, I don't want to come off like I didn't respect the day-to-day for an AD. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm a, a servant leader. I, 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 I lead with passion. I lead with fairness. And I, I, I lead with uh, uh, candor. Um, uh, but the, the one thing I learned is that, holy smokes, this job's hard. And I, I knew it was hard. Of course I knew yeah. it was hard. I, I'm doing it side-by-side with them in the field, filling with them. But the operational side of things and, and, and making sure you're answering to the executive team and middle management uh, and the communication back and forth, seeing that from an IC perspective just gives me not only a, a, a better respect for what the IC do, but even, even a better respect for what you do. Because I see it out of both sides in the point of it. So, yeah, number one. Um, the, the grind, right? I, I, there's a, there's a newfound uh, appreciation for the grind uh, that we do on a day to day. Having, um, having to manage up. I've always had to manage up because I've either reported into a CEO or a CRO in the past. Yeah. But managing up middle management versus an executive is very different, right? Um, and I feel like I have a foot up on the executive side because I've been doing it in a long time. I mean, it's not a tough transition. I see the middle manager, but there is a transition. So yeah, uh, I think I've learned to communicate a little bit better with my bosses. Um, strategy, you know, and, and any good organization, if you're in leadership, um, leaders talk and they compare and contrast notes. And your style tends to evolve um, from uh, what you've learned as a leader. But a lot of times you get caught up in your process and what you've done to be successful. And I'm guilty of this. Yeah. I, I didn't make changes. There was, I, I made a lot of changes, but there were some things I didn't make many changes to. Um, so I've realized that a stagnant leader makes a stagnant team. And if you are not in their faces daily, when I say in your faces with grace, respectfully, you're not micromanaging. Yeah. When I say faces, you have to make sure Three things are going on. Your team knows where they stand as a team and as an individual from quota. What's the gap and what are you doing to make sure that gap is covered? A state of learning all of the time, right? I prided myself on learning, but my my boss, Ben, takes it to another level. Yeah. And I, I sometimes I love it, sometimes I hate it, but I know the result I'm going to be in love with because it's going to make me smarter. So I, I definitely, I, I see middle management, at least my leader, uh, in a different light because he's, he's done a very good job uh, at constantly educating us. I think the third thing is, um, and this may not be the most popular answer, uh, but you need time to reset. You need time uh, to separate yourself from the business. And, yeah. and what I mean when I say that is I've gotten, most leaders burn out, right? Because they're back to back. They're grinding, they're traveling, they're all over the place, but they're not doing enough for the mental health. And as you can tell, I'm a huge component of it. Yeah. 
I, I've noticed, and I've, we already kind of talked about this, but I need my breaks. I need my 15 minutes twice a day. Uh, I need, if I have an opening between 11 and 1, I'm going to the gym. And then I'll work a little bit later on the back end, which quite frankly is better because people are answering the phones on anyway. So that's the biggest thing I learned, man. Take care of head first and everything else will follow. It's, yeah. it's the old, uh, you know, when, when, when you're on a plane and, and the, the, the flight attendants are telling you to put the, the oxygen on yourself first before the child, right? uh-huh. there's a reason for that, right? So I need to make sure I'm pumping myself with oxygen so I can ha- carry out these tasks. So those are the three big things. I and mean, there's a bunch of tactical things I've learned too, but I, will, I'll, I, would, I would leave with those three for sure. No, I love that, right? I think... Right. And, and you have, I have talked about this, right? This is only going to make you a better leader. You're going to give you a better respect. And I think as you re, you move more into that leadership role um, again, and hopefully sooner than later, that, you know, as you continue to start to build a team and, and bring new people in, right, they're going to respect you a hell of a lot more than than the person that maybe is coming in, starting a team from scratch, hasn't sold a product. Um, whereas you've been in, you, you sat in those shoes, um, and yeah. had to eat a little bit of humble pie, go right. go take a step back, and then moving back into that leadership role, I think that's just um, more of a, a story and, and a testament to you um, as a person and as, as a leader, for sure. I, I want to add one more thing to that, uh, Tyler. Hit me. You don't mind. Uh, and it, and it, it's in the same breath of what I just talked about. But, you know, sales culture, you know, I, I it's important. Um, I, I also... I think there's a, 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 a misconception of what sales culture is, right? In my 20s, sales culture, and, and I worked for Career Builder, uh, and they were a sales-first company. Sales culture to me was going to the bar afterwards and, and, and happy hour, right? And, yeah. And having yeah. some teams and having a good time or going to an event, right? And, um, you know, having fun, fun, fun. It, it's so much bigger than that. Um, and, you know, Phenom is not a sales-based company. They're product first. We have 1,900 people in this organization Half of them are engineers. So we are a product company. And I will tell you that we do lack in, um, in culture, in sales culture. But part of the reason why we lack in culture is because our sales team is spread across the country. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm going to send this to Ben because I think he's going to get a kick out of it. Ben's my, my, my leader. There is a culture <laughs> at Vietnam. It's just not the best sales culture. And he's making a micro one on his own for our team. And that, right... How he does it, it's, it's simple, uh, it's subtle, but it works. Um, what we do every day is extremely hard. If you don't have something to at least smile about a few times a day, you're going to lose it. Man. Yeah. So that culture thing, once I get back into leadership, I, I, I will admit something. I was so, as we should be, your, your eyes need to be on that North Star, which is the number that you have to hit, no matter what. Yep. I never take my eyes off that. But I should blink once in a while. And I think I suffered. All right? I, I didn't suffer. I think I had a huge opportunity to make the culture a little bit better for our virtual team when I was in leadership throughout my career. Uh, and I've learned, that's probably one of the biggest things I've learned in the last few years, is make sure that your team is a team. Yes, it's the President's Cup. We all care about our own score, but we're playing for the, the greater hope of the team. Yeah. Make sure everybody knows that. So I, I just want to end with that because I think it's incredibly important. I love that. Um, Bill, this this is great. Man, I got one last question for you. Um, when you leave this life, how do you want people to remember you? Whew. Yeah. Um, a good husband. Uh, a number one, good husband, brother, son, cousin, 
friend, right? Um, yeah. You know, someone that uh, people trust, right? That, that all goes with number one. Basically, just a good person and someone someone that's respected and someone that's that's trusted. Um, number two, I, I want to be. I mean, I, I I think I have an opportunity here um, that was fell onto my plate, uh, which is this individual contributor role. I know if I leave today, people know me as a good leader, uh, yeah. but I also want people to know me as a good salesperson. And, and, and listen, every good leader generally is a good salesperson, but now I've done literally both in the last yeah. year and a half. Um, and then, I mean, that's number two. And, and number three, um, you know, I, I, I think just getting back into the personal side of things, um, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in recovery. I got eight years uh, clean and sober. And it is something that uh, I have taken a lot of pride in. Uh, it's something that I don't mind talking about and getting personal with on a podcast like this. Yeah. Uh, as you can tell, I've been talking a lot about, about mental health. But the man I've become today um, is very different from the man I was close to a decade ago. So that last thing I want people to remind me of is someone who is proof that you can literally turn around your life and change habits if you just put the work in, trust yourself, and trust the people around you. Uh, and I, I, that's really, if I could put that in chronological order, that would probably be the, the number one thing I want people to remember. Remember me by someone that cares, wants to help, and is passionate about recovery. I love that. Bill, man, this has been a pleasure speaking with you. I think a lot of people are going to get out, um, a ton of stuff out of this episode. And, man, this is another episode of How the Grades Do It.